Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 112. This episode is brought to you by Made On Skincare Products. You know, I have been using and my family has been using their skincare products for, I would say about a month now. And honestly, I'm not going back to greasy lotion because here's the thing. They have these lotion bars that are hard. And I know that seems funny because when you think of lotion, you think of this greasy, you know, filled with water kind of formula that you squeeze out of a bottle. Well, the B-Silk lotion bar is really effective because it doesn't have water. Did you know that when your products have water in them, they actually have to have preservatives as well? So the B-Silk lotion bar only has three ingredients and the beeswax actually seals in that coconut oil and shea butter to really make it work. We had some pretty tough dry skin in our family and just a few days of using their products have made all the difference. So I truly love this product. I truly believe in it. And this is a family owned company. So what more can I say? Plus, if you use the code for one more at checkout, they're going to give you 15% off. And they also have this cool little deal on their site that you can add a free sample every time you place an order, which I think is super fun. So they'll send you a free thing so you can try it out and see if you like it. You can find everything I've been talking about if you go to their site and you can find it really easily. It's hardlotion.com forward slash four one more. And don't forget to use the code for one more at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Hello, and welcome to episode 112. Today, our title is Learning Through Math Games and Manipulatives. And we're chatting with Betsy Mays, who is a mom and a middle school math teacher. She's on a mission to make learning math fun. Now, homeschool moms, we know that one of the subjects that kind of scares us, you know, at all different levels, is teaching math. And Betsy walks through how you can add manipulatives to your math instruction in your homeschool, and it's going to make a really big difference for your kids. She also promotes using games in math, and she has some really fun games on her site. She also has some really fun, some are for a paid resource and some are for free. And she's going to talk about some of those options here in a minute. So definitely check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash one. 112 because we're going to put links to her stuff. She's got an Amazon shop and for 30 days, she has a coupon code for my listeners as well. That will all be in the show notes. So listen in, be encouraged that even if math is not your favorite subject to teach in homeschool, you really can use manipulatives and games to not only make it more engaging for your kids and less dry and boring, but to even just to help them understand it better. And so this is, I, I was never taught math with a, at a level where it was really understandable. It was kind of like, let me just follow the rules and that's what you do. But I think as homeschool moms, we get the opportunity to maybe give them the math education that we never had. So here are some great tips for you that Betsy will have and definitely check out the show notes, like I said, to find all of her resources. Okay, listen in. Here's my chat with Betsy. Hey, Betsy. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Abby. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, this is going to be a fun topic because honestly, math is a subject that freaks homeschool moms out. So I'm glad you can ease people's fears a little bit and say, no, it actually can be fun. So before we jump into our actual topic, just go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience. Thank you. Um, My name is Betsy Mays. I am a veteran middle school math teacher. So I spent 20 years in the middle school classroom and then I became became my school district's math curriculum and instruction specialist. So I kind of helped train teachers. I oversaw curriculum adoption and that kind of thing. I'm also a mom. My children are now um, in their twenties and I'm proud to say my daughter is now a chemistry teacher. So, um, and I'm a, a, my parents are both public school teachers that are retired. So we're three generations of public school teachers here. Um, so I've got a lot of experience with math and teaching math, and I really think it can be fun. And that's why I've created these games that I'm going to share with you today. I love that. And, um, yeah, we have that in common being, um, I was a middle school teacher too. And that's such a fun age because they're not little anymore, but they're not quite, you know, they're that, that middle age that you either love it or hate it. And I think it's just me too. It was my favorite age. It's just so awesome. So, and I feel like if stuff works for middle school, it's definitely going to also work for the elementary ages too. Right. Right. And then it also could extend a little bit into high school. So, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect age that if stuff works for them, you could actually extend it on both ends probably a bit. So let's kind of talk about a lot of homeschool moms do know what manipulatives are, but there could be some new homeschool moms that really don't even know what that means. So can you just tell us, you know, what are manipulatives when we're talking about math? Manipulatives are things like blocks, that would be a a primary example, that kids can handle and hold and use to help them see the mathematics that they're learning. So there are a lot of different types of manipulatives, and um, they're good at all grade levels. I mean, starting with preschool and up into high school, you can find some good manipulatives to help students um, understand and see the math they're trying to learn. Okay, so... um... If we don't include manipulatives, like give us a give us a vision for like if we ignore the manipulatives and we just do math with like this boring, dry worksheet, like what are the downfalls of not using that kind of teaching? Well, a couple things, Abby. First of all, how boring is that, right? Worksheets, mm-hmm. flashcards, those are dry, boring. No wonder kids and now adults don't like math because it's dry and boring. Um, so with manipulatives, it kind of brings it to life. Another example is I was thinking of myself. I was always good at math like in school, but that was because I was a rule follower. So you tell me the rules. I could remember them and follow them. I didn't really question them much. That's just how I was. But when I became a teacher, I realized a lot of people aren't that way. So I had to find other ways to show kids the math that I just already understood. And that's when I learned that conceptual understanding and I mean, I learned so much by figuring it out to teach it, to explain it to my students um, that it, that it's just amazing. I mean, I'm like, I didn't know this. How come nobody told me this? Why is, you know, like Pythagorean theorem that a squared plus B squared equals C squared. We all remember that formula, but can we explain it and show why that works and why it is squared and not just a plus B equals C? Well, I never knew why until I had to explain it and show it to students with blocks and squares. 
I can so relate to this. I was a good math student too, because I followed rules and, but all my kids are, I have found that true in my own home and they'll say, but why? And I'll say, because math says it's true. Like, don't question it. Just, just learn it and do it. But you're right. Like some kids want to see that and understand it on a more conceptual level. And I, I kind of didn't, I was like, I'm just going to do what they tell me. And that's really interesting. So even if parents don't quite aren't, don't feel like they're great at math, I think they could be learning along with their kids, um, you know, adding to their own knowledge. You know, and, and that's great. And that's okay. It's okay to say to your, your child. And I would say to my students and my own children, I'm not sure. Let, let's figure this out. Where can we go find this information or let's find another way or have someone else, you know, share it with us in a different way. So maybe we can both understand it better. Mm-hmm. I would rather say to our children, I'm not sure. Let's figure it out together. Other than I'm not good at math. Let's go ask dad, right. Or let's go ask grandpa or somebody else. Um, that We don't want to give that perception to kids that it's okay not to know something, you know, well, my mom doesn't know it or my dad doesn't know it. It's okay for me not to know it. That's Mm -hmm. kind of, I'm hoping an attitude we start to change. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just my little soapbox. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So, so, okay. So why are they beneficial and do, can you use them into the high school years or are manipulatives mainly useful for the younger kids? I think we kind of already said they're hands-on type things. So I've got a whole list of examples, but um, anything that kids can physically touch and manipulate, hence the word manipulatives, to help them visualize or see the mathematics and all age levels. It does get trickier in high school, finding manipulatives or being able to. Um, Technology helps a lot with that. Mm. So things like um, GeoGebra is an online free program that helps you see geometry. So it's not It's not manipulating with your hands because it's on the computer screen, but it's pretty cool. Um, Hands-on equations is something I used in my middle school classroom that would carry over to high school where kids are building with manipulatives. And you don't have to buy the commercial hands-on equation sets. When I was starting out, I used Dixie cups and I put a little X on the bottom of it as our unknown. And, you know, we didn't know what was in the cup. And then Mm. I used pennies as my, my chips. Heads were positive, tails were negative. So my kids could build these quite elaborate equations with Dixie cups and pennies. And then we did the same thing to both sides of our equation, Matt, until we got one Dixie cup with something on the other side. And that was the solution to our equation. Wow. I love that. <laughs> so, that yeah, is and that's cool. stuff I had at home. I love that. That is amazing. And I can, yeah, like certain types of <clears throat> learners I'm see, like, I'm knowing like that will resonate with them because they're visual or they're kinesthetic right. and they need that because just looking at a black and white number on a worksheet doesn't make sense to them. It's like, right. you know, it's just so flat. Okay. So how do we take manipulatives then and help kids with learning struggles? Have you seen that in your classroom? Oh, definitely. Kids that maybe never were good at math or were told that they maybe had some sort of disability or dyslexia or other issues that made it difficult to be successful in a traditional math setting. Manipulatives make a world of difference because usually they're visual or tactile learners. And I know I I suffered a little bit from a little bit of dyslexia where I flip things around when I see them. Um, So spelling was always fun for me, still is. But but if they can see it and hold it, it helps it just that concreteness, right? Make it it that much easier. And back to the hands-on equations, then my kids would develop, my students would develop their own little shortcut for it. So on paper, they can make their own little shortcut with their own little symbols of algebra and solve the equation. They were showing me work. They were giving me the correct answer. Now, the work might not have been the way I learned it, 
you know, as far as showing the steps for algebra, but they were able to show me their thinking and get the correct answer. And that's really what we want for our kids. Nice. Okay. So can you give my audience then who's, who's really loves this idea? Maybe they haven't used a whole lot of manipulatives. Can you give us some examples of how you gave us a really great one with the, um, with the balancing equations or finding the unknowns, but can you give us some more examples of how they could use manipulatives to teach math concepts? Maybe give us like an example for the younger years and maybe, you know, just give us a few that we could do easily at home with what we have. Right. So one of my favorite ones that I did with my middle school students, but it's actually an elementary standard, is the idea of faces, edges, and vertices on um, three-dimensional shapes, pyramids, and prisms. And we would do that with mini marshmallows and toothpicks. So we would, I would have, um, we would make our triangular-based pyramid, our square-based pyramid, our cubes with marshmallows and toothpicks. And then we would look at them and we would say that the spaces are the faces the toothpicks are the edges and the marshmallows are the vertices. And we would talk about um, the other vocabulary, like an edge is where two faces meet. A vertice is where the edges meet. And then what was really cool is we would dry them and we'd make mobiles out of them. Hmm. <laughs> In our project as well. Yeah. So that's an example of manipulatives for kids to see and feel what we're wanting them to learn. Mm -hmm. um, spaghetti triangles are fun. So there's something called the triangle inequality theorem, where we want kids to know that the two shorter sides of a triangle have to be greater than the third longer side. I wouldn't tell my kids that. We would randomly generate three numbers. We would cut dry spaghetti noodles into those links. They would have to determine whether they could form a triangle with those three, three measurements, and they would have their haves and have-nots as far as could they or couldn't they make a triangle. And then they had to look at those numbers and come up with their own rule. And, and for a kid to be able to come to that conclusion on their own, I might have to help them articulate it later. But that was so powerful. I didn't have, I, it wasn't them just remembering a rule I told them. They discovered it for themselves. So that's the and, power of And they're going to remember that because they saw it work out right in front of them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I already mentioned about the squares to build Pythagorean theorem, using nets for surface area and volume, and a net is just a pattern, so a, a two-dimensional pattern that you fold into that three-dimensional shape. Mm -hmm. If you do it with graph paper, then the kids can count the squares for the surface area, and then mm -hmm. you can use cubes to fill in and talk about where the volume comes from. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking at my list here. Patterns and functions is another thing. If you kind of Google patterns and functions with algebra, you'll see examples of that. It's kind of hard to just explain verbally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the squares to build out Pythagorean theorem. 10 frames is another thing for younger kids that a lot of um, people use both in school and at home for kids to see numbers. And it's called subitizing when we can just look and know that that's three and not have to count one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So 10 frames really help kids see numbers and then know how many more it takes to make 10. Um, and so if, on my games that hopefully we'll talk about in a few minutes, two of the games have 10 frames on the cards so mm -hmm. kids can see the value and not have to just know that what three is. Yeah, I, I love that. We, yeah, 10 frames are a great thing to use for the younger kids. And I think we think of manipulatives Maybe it's just me, but I think in the homeschool world, we do think of it as using it for younger kids. But I love these examples for like the middle school age because I think a lot of us probably drop the manipulatives when we get to middle school and we do just go to, okay, what's the, you know, what's the textbook say to do today? And right. you just gave us a lot of examples where 
that this is great for that age where things are getting, they're not just simply adding numbers. I mean, it's getting much more complex and, but you can still visualize it and manipulate. I love that. So those are great examples. Um, Another one I just thought of, Abby, sorry, tangrams and pattern blocks are two things okay. that you probably use in elementary school. Yep. But they're great in middle school for fractions. Okay. Yes. Tangrams and pattern blocks to visualize and yes. work with. I even have, and if you, Google this once again, you'll find all these resources, but you can use pattern blocks to show adding, subtracting, and even multiplying of fractions. Okay. Awesome. Now, yeah. so manipulatives are one kind of resource or tool in the toolbox, right? But you right. also love to talk about games, which most of us do not associate with math, but how <laughs> do you use games to teach math concepts? How does this work? So one of my passions was to make learning math fun. I thought if kids looked forward to coming to my classroom every day, they'd have an open mind, be more willing to learn, right? So I always was looking for ways to make it fun, whether that was with manipulatives or with games. And the games couldn't just be, oh, we're going to play some unrelated game to make my class fun. It had to be related right. to what we were learning. Mm -hmm. So I would use things like pennies or dice and regular cards to for the games. One of them I created was called Absolute Zero. Um, where we um, would combine positive and negative cards to create a value of zero in our hand, which is a sixth and seventh grade math standard. Hmm. The problem was the kids would have to remember that black was positive, red was negative, jokers were 11, you know, jacks were 11, mm -hmm. queens 12. And that's kind of hard when I wanted them to know the operations for math as well. Mm -hmm. So my own children said, mom, you should create your own deck because there was not a deck available that had positive and negative cards. So the first game I made was called Absolute Zero. And it's a deck of cards that have both positive and negative numbers on them. And there's about five different games you can play with that deck. Very fun. I love that. What other resources do you have on your site as far as games, as far as math games? Um, I have another game that's Absolute Zero Junior, which is similar to that, but it has 10 frames on it so kids can see the integers with integer chips and uh, smaller numbers to make it easier for younger learners. Then there's Hunch, which is another fun math game where you guess and see how far off you were from your guess. These have number lines on them so you can count. So let's say I guessed it was going to be a five, but I actually got a negative two there's a number line on there and I can count, see that those numbers are five apart, which is a very important concept, that distance on a number line, especially when you're crossing zero. And then um, the last game is called 10 fish and it's like go fish, but instead you're making tens. Very, very fun. Um, Four-year-olds can play this and high schoolers have fun with it. I have fun with it. Yeah. So 10 fish is a really fun game. Great for elementary school. Um, you're learning how to make tens, all the different combinations of tens with two or more cards. And I even have a new game and it's free, Abby. Oh, good. So it's called Primeline. Um, with all my games, I try to think of what's a really foundational math skill that kids struggle with and what can I do to help reinforce that? So kids not knowing their math facts, right? Not knowing their times tables is a big struggle and, um, it's important that, that they know those, at least some strategy for remembering them. And so I was thinking, how could I do that? And I came up with this game called Primeline. It's a free download on my website. So you just give me your email address and I send you the game. And it's kind of like dominoes or Mexican train, but instead of just matching numbers that are the same, let's say the end number on a train is 15. You can match a three or a five to it because those are factors of 15, or you can match a 30 or a 45 because those are multiples of 15. Wow. And so when you're 
So when you're playing, you'll say, I'm going to put the 15 with the five because three times five is 15. So you're kind of practicing your facts. I created two pregame activities that are go with the download that you can do with your children beforehand. And then those kind of become cheat sheets or references to use while playing the game if your kids haven't mastered their facts yet. Yay. Oh, that sounds great. That that would be a whole lot more fun than sitting and just doing a dry worksheet on the same material. Exactly. So exactly. That's, that's amazing. So that's, that's on my website and that's free. Good. What did you have other freebies you wanted to tell us about? Because I know I told you homeschool moms love freebies. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so my website is gamesbyabsolutezero.com. And if you go down to the bottom in the footer of the website, it says free resources. And I putting all my resources there that are free. Um, right now I have four and I'll be adding more as time goes on. So there's the prime line game that I just explained. I've got a whole web page of tangram activities, how to make your own tangrams, activities, puzzles, and then the read along of um, the Mr. Tang's book. Um, I have a math and art project. So math and art was huge in my math classroom. My kids would do this whole math and art portfolio. So I created a YouTube video for each of my nine math and art projects for free. So there's a link there to my YouTube channel where you can make your math and art projects with me. And then something else is called an integer alphabet. I just essentially randomly assigned it values to letters of the alphabet. And then you can find the value of different words by combining mm -hmm. integer. It's just oh. another fun way to practice math. Kids like it. Like, what's the value of your name? Oh, another fun one. Who's worth more, mom or dad? So that they can figure out the value of each word and see who's worth more. And by the way, it's mom. So oh. um, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So they're they're going to be doing their math and they don't even realize it. So you. Right. That's amazing. Okay. I love it. So we will put links to everything in the show notes that we mentioned. And I hope, and I think you've probably wet people's appetites to kind of say, Hey, I think I could make math a little more fun. Um, do you want to just end, do you have any final encouragement for all my homeschool moms who are listening, who, who are a little bit intimidated anyway with teaching math and, you know, like how can they easily add a little bit more fun, maybe not feeling overwhelmed of having to do a ton of extra stuff, but you know, how can they liven up their math in their homeschool? Well, I think that, you know, first knowing that it's okay not to know everything, you don't have to have the answer to everything going into it, just kind of takes a little burden off your shoulders and, and your children will realize that you're more relaxed. And so you're more at ease with math and they will be too. And then just don't be afraid to try something new. Try a game, try a manipulative, say, hey, I saw this YouTube video on hands-on equations. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but let's try it together and see what happens. And I think you'll both learn so much and feel so much more comfortable and just have fun together learning math. I love it. Betsy, thanks for joining us today and giving us your wisdom. Thank you, Abby. So are you inspired to make math a little bit more fun in your homeschool by using more manipulatives or math games? Make sure you check out Betsy's products and her free resources at her site, which we will link to in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 112. Definitely check out my friends at hardlotion.com forward slash 41more for some amazing all natural skincare products. Don't forget to use my coupon code 41more at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.